BetOnline.net has released the opening lines for Power 5 college football programs, odds on winning their conference championship. Where does Tennessee stack up in that list? A surprise team ahead of Tennessee in the running and the SEC. We'll tell you about that. Plus 247 Sports post-spring top 25. Tennessee is in that rankings, but where? All that and more plus Twitter Tuesday coming up on this Tuesday edition of Locked on Ball. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to Locked on Balls. It is your team every single day. I'm Eric Kane, your host at underscore Kane on Twitter and at Locked on Balls. I do radio in Knoxville, Tennessee, and also ride for the rival site covering University of Tennessee, that is VolQuest.com. Thanks so much for making Log Tom Vols your first listen. we got a busy show, all right? We've got conference lines to discuss from Bet Online. We've got uh, post-spring top 25 rankings from 24-7 Sports. And then we got to get into your Twitter Tuesday questions. All that on the docket here on Locked On Vols. Let's go ahead and get into it, all right? So Bet Online released these just a couple days ago. Uh, these are the opening college football Power 5 conference lines. You go through all the different uh, Power 5 conferences, the ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, and, of course, the SEC. And you've got all these teams and their odds on making the or on winning the conference, right? And so you look at the SEC. Obviously, Alabama's off the top. They've got their you know, one-and-one one odd in terms of winning uh, the conference championship. Georgia's in second at 5-4. to four. Texas A&M is third at 11-1. to one. Ole Miss is fourth at, excuse me, Florida is fourth, tied with Ole Miss at 33 to 1 odds. Kentucky and Tennessee then come in next at 40 to 1 odds. You go on, LSU's uh, next up at 50 to 1 odds. Arkansas and Auburn are tied at 66 to 1 odds. South Carolina is at 100 to 1 odds. Mississippi State is at 200 to 1 odds. Missouri is at 400 to 1 odds. And Vanderbilt is at 500 to 1 odds odds. Again, we're talking about upsets this past weekend. Uh the Kentucky Derby, the winning horse was an 80 to 1, you know, uh you know, odds favorite to win the Kentucky Derby. That was considered one of the biggest upsets in history. You talk about a Vanderbilt of Missouri wins the SEC, which is not going to happen, okay? It's at 500 and 400 to 1 odds. And of course, these are all from a betonline.net. So Tennessee technically comes in 1 2 3 4 tied for 5th or any way you spin it because a couple of teams are tied there for fourth and fifth. It could be seventh overall. So top half of the, uh, or the back half of the first half of the SEC is how we're going to spin it. Tennessee, according to the bet online, is 40 to 1 odds to win the SEC. I don't think anybody's expecting Tennessee to win the SEC this year. Year number two with Josh Heupel. You should have a very good offense coming back. Four or five starters on the offensive line. You've got a, a running back that you like, and you have options back there uh, past Jabari Small, including Justin Williams Thomas coming in as a true freshman. Potentially, you could add via the transfer portal. Wide receivers, you bring back one of the most. Uh, uh, one of the best returning receivers in the SEC and Cedric Tillman, of course. You pair him with Brew McCoy on the other side now via the transfer portal. Jalen Hyatt in the slot, a couple different options there. Maybe potentially also adding a guy like maybe Jalen Robinson via the transfer portal from UCF, who was on campus for a visit this past weekend. Um, there's some options there, but you know Tennessee should have a good offense. There's a lot of question marks on defense, obviously. Uh, the secondary, who's going to fill in those three 
uh, big-time spots on the defensive line that you're losing from Matthew Butler, Caleb Tremblay, Jaquan Blakely. Can you get better linebacker play? All that to say, I mean, Tennessee's you should be solid. Tennessee, I would expect to improve on their win-loss total of 7-5 and five in the regular season this past year. But I don't think anybody's expecting Tennessee to win the SEC championship. Uh, per these odds, Tennessee is pitted as the third best team in the East, or really tied for the third best team in the East. Georgia's at five to four odds. Then you have Florida at 33 to one odds. Then you have Kentucky tied with Tennessee at 40 to one odds. I understand Georgia being up there. I understand Tennessee and Kentucky being tied in terms of the odds at 40 to one, because we talked about how Tennessee and Kentucky are very similar right now in terms of how they're built, in terms of where they are under each respective head coach. It's a little bit different because, of course, this is year number two with Josh Heupel and what Mark Stoops has built at Kentucky has been very sustainable. Uh, it's been very um, his brand of football year, and now I guess this is year number nine for him. Uh, he's the second longest tenure coach in the SEC behind uh, Nick Saban, in case you didn't know, the more you know here today on a Tuesday. But... In terms of talent-wise, in terms of competing on the field in 2022, I do believe Tennessee and Kentucky are going to be very, very similar. So that didn't surprise me. What surprises me is Florida there. Florida is above Tennessee and Kentucky in terms of teams from the East with a greater chance of making or a greater chance of winning the Southeastern Conference at 33 to one. Again, I think Florida is going to be fine. I think Billy Napier is going to be a fine coach, but I think it's going to be tough sludding here in year number one, 2022. 2022, 2022, <laughs> however you want to say it. Uh, there's actually one correct way to say it, and then that, that the way I said it there. Um, Anthony Richardson, who I think is super, super talented. You know, how's he adapting this new offense? Uh, I, I do believe that it's kind of tailored more towards him and his strengths and his, abil- uh, his ability to impact the game. But I, I do believe they're going to have a down year. Now, down year for Florida, 7-5, and five, you know, 6-6, six and six, kind of like where they were this past year. I don't think it'll be like that for long, but I do believe Florida's going to have some tough sledding, having to replace some guys as well uh, who entered the transfer portal, who left via the who left via graduation, and all that and more. Um, so I, I don't quite get why Florida is ahead of Tennessee and really Kentucky for that matter in terms of these odds from Bet Online. That'd be my one biggest uh, my biggest question mark, as we'll discuss in segment number two when we're when we're discussing the twenty four seven Sports post spring top twenty five poll. Ole Miss is up there as well. Ole Miss 33 to 1 tied for Florida. They're 1 2 coming in third in the West as well. Ole Miss is having to replace both coordinators, an all American quarterback, and tons of tons of talent on that roster. Now, you did add a lot via the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin will go back to calling offensive plays, to my knowledge. I think Ole Miss will be fine, but, you know, 33 to 1 odds, should they really be ahead of Arkansas in the West? Should they really be ahead of maybe an LSU in the West? I don't know. That's up for debate, of course. But Ole Miss would be a little bit higher in my calculations than I would have them as well. So, again, Alabama 1 to 1, Georgia 5 to 4, Texas A&M 11 to 1, Florida is 33 to 1 tied with Ole Miss 33 to 1. Kentucky and Tennessee come in next 40 to 1. LSU's at 50 to 1. Arkansas's at 60 to 1. Actually, 66 to one. Excuse me. Uh, you had Auburn at 66 to one as well. South Carolina 100 to one. Mississippi State 200 to one. Missouri 400 to one, and Vanderbilt 500 to one as well. Uh, you look at the uh, around the the rest of the country, the Pac-12. 
You've got USC two to one favorites to win the Pac-12, followed by Oregon at eleven to five, Utah at five to one, and then you get into Arizona State tied with UCLA at seventeen to two, so on and so forth. Look at the Big Twelve Conference: Oklahoma seven to four odds to win that conference, Texas two to one, Oklahoma State five to one, and then Baylor's fifteen to one. You got Big Ten Conference: Ohio State one to two, Wisconsin ten to one, Michigan eleven to one odds, Penn State twelve to one. Nebraska 14 to 1. And then you look at the ACC, Clemson two thirds, two to three odds. You got Miami 5 to 1, Pittsburgh 9 to 1, of course, losing Kenny Pickett. And then NC State 10 to 1, North Carolina 11 to 1. And then there's a big gap there until you get to Wake Forest at 20 to 1 odds. So, um, interesting there. Tennessee, per betonline.net, the th- tied for the third best chance in the SEC East to win the SEC this year in the year of 2022. Those are the opening college football Power 5 conference lines at 60-1 to for the Volunteers and Kentucky, who are tied there in third. Kind of on this note, that's from BetOnline.net, who we support here on Locked On Balls. We're going to go into a post-spring practice top 25 poll. There's been some differences. We talked about the way too early, way back in the winter. We talked um, about you know where Tennessee was viewed by ESPN, The Athletic, CBS, 24-7 Sports, Rivals, On3, all that and more. Here's one from 247 Sports, post-spring top 25. The Volunteers are in it. How high are the Volunteers? We'll discuss when we return here on Locked on Vols here in just a moment. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Post-spring practice top 25 college football poll. This is from 247 Sports. It's in conjunction with CBS Sports, who owns 24-7 Sports. And they released it earlier this week. The Volunteers have cracked the top 25. Where? I'll tell you here in just one second. Welcome you back in here to Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day. And I'm your host, Eric Kane. Thanks so much for hanging out with me here today. And a lot of good stuff on today's show as we went over the betonline.net um, opening Power 5 conference lines of winning the conference where it showed you where Tennessee was. And now I'm going to tell you where Tennessee ranks in this post in this post-spring poll. According to 24-7 Sports, in the post-spring top 25 poll, Tennessee comes in at number 15. Alabama, these are the SEC schools. Alabama's at 1. Georgia comes in at 3. Texas A&M comes in at 7. Arkansas at 10. Ole Miss at 13, Tennessee at 15, and that's the last SEC school. So one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams from the SEC are ranked in this poll. Kentucky, surprisingly, did not crack this poll, nor did Florida, who is getting a lot of praise in a lot of these other preseason polls as well during this offseason. Found it interesting. We went over the numbers again in the prior segment with Bet Online. You had Ole Miss at 33 to 1 odds to win the conference uh this upcoming year. They come in at ranked 13th in this poll. Florida had 33 to 1 odds as well ahead of Tennessee. They are not ranked in this poll. Um, Arkansas had less odds to win the conference, uh, you know, behind Tennessee. I forgot exactly where they were, 
but they come in ahead of Tennessee, up five spots in this poll, according to 24-7 Sports. So I found it kind of interesting there um, as well. So here's what CBS Sports, along with 24-7 Sports, had to say about Tennessee coming in at number 15. This is for the writer from CBS Sports. Josh Heupel had a nice debut season in the SEC, but this will be year two with the dark specter of the NCAA investigation hanging over the program. I really don't know what that has to do with anything with the play on the field whatsoever. In fact, that has absolutely nothing to do with play on the field. That has not affected recruiting so far. It, there's been no sanctions handed out by the NCAA for this Tennessee program. Tennessee's not self-imposed itself whatsoever because it's already, you know, gone on and fired its head coach and Josh and and excuse me, Jeremy Pruitt. And again, the NCAA is the biggest joke of an organization there is right now. So. Um, and, and they came out, by the way, they came out the NCAA late yesterday, really about the time I started recording this podcast, and we'll discuss on tomorrow's show. A D1 Board of Directors issues name, image, and likeness guidance to schools. Like I said on Monday's show, don't expect any sweeping declarations here. We'll get into more of that tomorrow. But CBS Sports says on Tennessee, Josh Heupel had a nice debut season in the SEC, but this will be year number two with the dark specter of an NCAA investigation hanging over the program. That means literally nothing. I'm going to completely buy... Uh, bypass that comment from CBS Sports because I think that's stupid. 24-7 Sports' take. Here it is. Hendon Hooker is back as Tennessee's conductor offensively under Josh Heupel for a team that should challenge for an upper-tier finish in the SEC East. I agree with that. Building on the volunteer success in year one under its new regime is the mindset this fall for a team AP voters may inflate just a little bit. Tennessee is the highest-ranked team in its side of the SEC behind Georgia and our post-spring rankings from the poll from CBS. Well, I, we kind of thought this is where Tennessee would be. If it wasn't Tennessee, it'd be Kentucky. Kentucky didn't even make this poll. It wasn't going to be Florida. Um, it wasn't going to be South Carolina. It's sure as hell wasn't going to be Missouri or Vanderbilt. So, of course, it was going to be Tennessee in terms of that number two position. Something John Garcia spoke on this podcast about a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that you know second place, second place, it's up for the taking in the SEC East right now behind Georgia. And I think Tennessee can grab that here in 2022. So, I agree with 24-7 Sports' take right there kind of on Tennessee. I do not agree with whatever you know CBS Sports said. I thought that was kind of silly. But, again, you go to the top of the list here. You got Alabama from the SEC, obviously, returning, uh, you know, Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, returning tons and tons of talent. Will Anderson on the defensive front as well. And number two, it's Ohio State. C.J. Stroud, who's going to be a Heisman favorite, potentially. Number three, Georgia, uh, returning national champions, reigning national champions coming in at number three. And number four, you got the Oklahoma Sooners. Brent Venables, year number one. Tons of players darted for that transfer portal, including including uh, Caleb Williams. But you know what can you get out of a new quarterback? Uh, is it going to be you know as, as easy as you think in replacing uh, Caleb Williams with Dylan G Gabriel? We'll have to see. He was off to a good job and or good start in spring as well. Uh, number five, you got the Baylor Bears. Number six, you have the Michigan Wolverines. I just really feel like it was a one-year off for Michigan, right? I mean, everything aligned. You got into the college football playoff. You stomped Ohio State. You finally beat your rival. And then I feel like Michigan's going to just kind of slide back to where Michigan's been, which has been a very well-respected program under Jim Harbaugh. I know he's the butt of all jokes, but it's been a really, really good program. But it's also been an overhyped program that ESPN just has this love fest. I mean, I'd say what ESPN loves. ESPN loves the stories no one cares about on college game day. ESPN loves it some NBA. ESPN loves it some Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Okay. And oh, oh, oh. ESPN loves it some LeBron. 
gosh, all those four things can go and kick rocks for all I'm concerned. It's, it's truly, truly annoying. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to see what Michigan truly is this year. I think they're going to slide back a little bit. Number seven is Texas A&M, and of course, that's the third highest ranked team from the SEC. Uh, number eight is Notre Dame with new head coach Marcus Freeman, formerly the defensive coordinator. The Utah Utes at number nine. Number 10 is Arkansas. This is very surprising to me. So I get Alabama, I get Georgia, I get Texas A&M, I get Ole Miss being ranked inside the top 25. There are a couple of spots back. I'll get to them in a moment. And I get Tennessee. I don't know why Arkansas is being considered a top 10 team per CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports in this article. This is CBS Sports' take. In year three, under the folksy Sam Pittman, the Razorbacks have turned the corner as a knock-your-head-off SEC program. K.J. Jefferson might be the second-best SEC quarterback to Young. That is up for debate, and we've talked about it. We'll do it again as the summer progresses. Quarterback rankings in the SEC, he's in the conversation. He wouldn't be my pick, but he certainly is in the conversation. 24-7 Sports' take. Keep an eye on the Razorbacks' first two games of the season following an, an impressive season under, under Sam Pittman. If Arkansas starts hot with wins over nationally ranked Cincinnati and upstart South Carolina under Spencer Rattler, there's a good chance this team can be ranked inside the top 10. CBS Sports ranking the Razorbacks at number 10 in the post-spring poll is the highest we've seen in this preseason. Well, no duh. Remember last year when Arkansas, and they deserved to be ranked inside the top 10, but they were undefeated at like 5-0 or 6-0. They got a, they climbed as high as number eight, and then they just had a brutal month-long schedule, and they just got pummeled by Alabama, by Georgia. Uh, I can't remember who else they played. Maybe it was Ole Miss. No, they beat Ole Miss in the shootout. That's right. Nonetheless, uh, they fell on some tough times, but it was still a pretty good season for Sam Pittman. But again, they climbed as, hall, as high as number eight, and we're all sitting there on the on the show right here on Lockdown Vols and on the on starting lineup on 99.1, the Sports Animal, and we're just saying this isn't right. They should not be ranked this high, but I digress. Number 11, Clemson Tigers. Number 12, the Miami Hurricanes. Number 13, the Ole Miss Rebels. Tons of talent. Jackson Dart's coming in there to play quarterback. You brought in... A lot of guys via the transfer portal to help out on defense. You brought Zach Evans as a help out at, at tailback. You bring in two new coordinators, but the system's in place. Lane Kiffin's still there. I think he's a good play caller when he's calling plays. I still think this is a little overhyped for Ole Miss. I don't believe Ole Miss will be a top 15 team, but I think Ole Miss will be a good team, just not nearly as good as what they were last year. They come in at number 13. USC comes in at 14. Whew. Whew. They are drinking that Kool-Aid, baby. They are drinking that Kool-Aid. Uh, 15, of course, is Tennessee. And then that's the last SEC team. There's no Kentucky, which I think should be in this ranking. And Florida was getting a ton of love, a ton of love from everybody, but Florida was not in this ranking as well. 16 is Michigan State. 17 is Texas. 18 is Oregon. Wisconsin is 19. You've got Oklahoma State at 20. Wake Forest at 21. BYU at 22. You've got... Houston at 23, Penn State at 24, and Cincinnati at 25. So what do you think? 15, too high, too low, or just about right? The second team from the SEC East behind Georgia, who ranked third in this poll. Tennessee ranks 15th, and that's it. Other SEC schools, again, Alabama at 1, Georgia at 3, A&M at 7, Arkansas at 10, Ole Miss at 13, and Tennessee at 14. No mention of Kentucky, no mention of Florida. I think that is about right. Now, and I also do agree with what 24-7 Sports said. AP voters may inflate the volunteers just a little bit much, and that's the thing about it, and this will, my, this will be my last thing on this subject. I could never vote. I've never been asked to vote for it, so I'm not trying to act like I have or I've voted before. I've voted for all SEC teams before, but in terms of the AP poll, 
I'm not an AP voter. If I was ever asked to be an AP voter, there are I know many people in this in this market that are that are AP voters that should not be AP voters because you don't watch football. Uh, but there's about a thousand AP voters out there. If they ever came to me and asked me to vote on the AP poll every single week, I would politely decline because I don't watch enough football outside of Tennessee. Not that I don't love football. Not that I'm not watching any chance I get. I mean, as soon as I get home from covering a Tennessee game on Saturdays, I turn on the TV and I catch. Whatever CBS uh, has on its docket, whatever SEC game is on the on the docket for later that night. But so much of my life and my job is consumed by Tennessee football that I am always, you know, getting ready for the game at the stadium, covering the game, staying two to three hours after the game is over. It involves so much of my time to watch Tennessee football. I don't get to watch a whole lot of football elsewhere. And so I think as much as I'd like to, at least I still do. But I think that's where what this article means by AP voters might inflate them. A lot of AP voters are not watching Tennessee unless it's on national television. A lot of these AP voters just see and hear the stats and see it on paper, and they don't know the deficiencies that this team has, specifically on the defensive side of the football. That's just me playing devil advocate here. So I think that's about right. We'll have to see what happens. If Tennessee wants to finish ranked inside the top 15 this year, it has to play better defense, and it has to continue on the path it is offensively and find a way to win a couple more games. And I think all that is possible, but we will have to see. All right. That was the post-spring top 25 preseason poll from 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports. Your Tennessee Volunteers ranked at number 15. Earlier, we did the BetOnline.net conference, uh, Power 5 conference lines where Tennessee was a, where was Tennessee? Did I say 60-1 to odds? Nonetheless, they were tied there for about middle of the road. And uh, BetOnline.net, they've got all that and more. I just read you off all those conference lines for the Power Fives that we did in in, uh, segment number one. Uh, They've got all that and more at BetOnline.net for every single sport. You got the NBA, you got the playoffs going on, Major League Baseball, you got the hockey, hockey playoffs going on right now. Tons and tons of action that you can get in on and put some coin in your pocket at BetOnline.net. You can find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, even next season's NFL future bets as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head on over to the website today or use that mobile device in the palm of your hand. Learn about all the latest trends and all the action. BetOnline.net. It is where the game starts. Welcome back in here to your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls, and I have buried the lead here, and I do apologize. Time to answer your Twitter Tuesday questions. We're going to blow through these. Had a number, uh, probably about eight or nine submissions this week, so thank you so much. Again, every single Tuesday, you take over the show. You let me know what you want to know on Tennessee football, on Tennessee uh, recruiting, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be. Your time to shine is on is on Tuesday each and every week. Uh, we will start off with raw underscore vols. Are there any summer enrollees that have shown up on campus yet? Do they come all at once or at different times? Appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Uh, here's how that works. So Tennessee, because it has a a winter mini term there between first semester and second semester. Tennessee spring semester didn't start until January 24th, which is much later than pretty much every other school in the country. That means that Tennessee will not start its summer school until, um, you know, after the calendar flips to June. I don't have that date on me. Shoot, I should have looked that up. I apologize. But I think it's like somewhere around June 5th, June 6th, June 7th, somewhere around there. So uh, nobody for summer school, none of the transfers, early enrollees, that type of stuff that aren't here on campus yet um, have uh, come to campus yet. They will be here uh, kind of that first week of June 
uh, more so than anything. So I do appreciate that. Uh, we'll move on to Hole in the Roof. Uh, portal questions. Is there a Vol who entered the portal that you're surprised hasn't found a new school yet? And is there any Vol who has entered the portal but hasn't found a new school that the staff would welcome back if they asked back on the team? You know, I'm not too sure yet uh, about that last one. Um, since my time in covering Tennessee, only two players have entered the portal to my knowledge and have come only one player has entered the portal to my knowledge and come back. And that was Karat Garland all the way back. And I want to say 2019. So it's been a long time. Uh, but you know, this is from, you know, the, technically the entire 2022 year. Okay. Some of these were in season. Some of these weren't, um, Carlin Phil's a me who has not played for Tennessee since like 2019. Um, he has not found a destination. Harrison Bailey is at UNLV. Morvin, these are scholarship players. Morvin Joseph is at FAU. Tyon Evans at Louisville. Uh, Gerald Mincy's come into Tennessee. Navy Schuler's come into Tennessee. Now some of these are not scholarship players. Jackson Hanna's come into Tennessee. Uh, Browder's come into Tennessee. Deep Beckwith has not found a destination yet. That might be a surprising one. Will Albright has not found a destination yet. Anderson Kobe is at Indiana. I think that's a good spot for him. Karon Calpert is at EKU, linking up with his former offensive line coach. That's no shocker. Brew McCoy, of course, is here at Tennessee. Trinity Bell is at, I want to say he's at, okay, he's at Iowa Western Community College, so he went the JUCO route. Cayman Marley does not have a destination yet. Christoph Perogane does not have a destination yet. Wesley Walker's into Tennessee. Tyus Phil does not have a destination yet. James Robinson, no destination yet. Andre Turrentine's at Tennessee. Julian Nixon, no destination yet. And Aaron Willis, no destination yet. So of all those players that came that left Tennessee that has not found a destination yet, I would say our new home yet. I would say probably deep back with to to my knowledge. Um, and according to the records I'm looking at right now, has not uh, committed or signed on with a new school. So that would kind of be my answer. Uh, there. Uh, we'll move on to Nightlights. If other schools are modeling their NIL programs after Spire Group, why isn't Tennessee atop the recruiting world? Is it only money? Well, I mean, keep in mind, too, there's only enough money to go around, right? And I mean, you can't offer these big time deals to all these kids who want to come in. Uh, just simply put, that's just not how it works. But, um, you know, Spire does have a really nice facilitating where fans can contribute and all that type of stuff. And they're very, very smart in how they market and, you know, donating it to, uh, you know, charities and all that type of stuff. So they're doing a fantastic job. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Tennessee right now for the class of 2023, I mean, Tennessee is, you know, top five in the country, depending on where you look. And, you know, it, it's going to come down to, you know, fit system. Can you get me to the league? Can you go and win a national championship right now? Um, NIL is now a factor. There's still other variables that come into play. So, no, I wouldn't say it's all about name, image, likeness. I think it is for certain players, but it's not all about name, image, and likeness value for everybody. Uh, but Tennessee's up there. So, I, you know, to be in top five, I would say, I mean, you're contending up there with with the likes of Georgia, of, of A&M, of Ohio State, you know, of, of Alabama's. You're up there recruiting with the best of them right now. So it, it's not always about name, image, and likeness. It's certainly a big factor nowadays for sure. But also it, it, it's about other things in terms of development, getting to the league when you can start making some absolute real money. We'll move on to Ross. Ross wants to know with the NCAA being ass clowns and threatening to retroactively punish schools for violating non-existing NIL rules. How do you see this with regard to rumors of the Power 5 breaking away from the NCAA? Uh, you know, this is an ongoing discussion. We've talked about the SEC and maybe Power 5s breaking off from the NCAA as a whole. We talked about this, I mean, for a long time now, right? I mean, this is not the first time this has been brought up. I thought the threat in the SI report from Ross Dellinger per a Power 5 
administrator saying, you better regulate this talking to the Supreme Court or else. Or else what? You're not going to leave anytime soon. I don't think the Power Five is breaking off anytime soon. I'm not saying it won't ever happen, trust me. Uh, but I don't think this will happen any anytime soon because, again, there's so much money being made by the SEC, by the Big Ten, by the ACC, by the Big 12. I mean, you're making by the Pac-12, you're making so much money. Not to say you couldn't make more if you broke away, but right now you're in a you're in a really good spot. So I'm not saying it won't happen. It probably will happen one day, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. K Wayne 1800. Are you worried that Tennessee baseball peaked too early? And also, what steps could we take to cut down on the team stealing bases against us? Uh, I think, uh, you know, your latter point, I think I think guys are going to steal bases on Tennessee. It just, it just kind of is what it is, um, honestly. Evan Russell is not an, an all <laughs> – Evan Russell is not an all-MLB catcher. He is not an all-star catcher. Um, I think he's doing a fine job, all things considered. Also, I think the pitchers are not helping him or um, the, the Charlie Taylor out behind the plates. They are very slow to the plate. They're not doing a jo- good job of managing the run game. So it's not just the catcher. It's also the pitchers, too. I think for the most part, that's the biggest reason. But, I mean, you know, it, it's it's tough to be – there's not a whole lot of teams that are throwing out a whole lot of base runners. I'll just put it like that. Um, I, I don't think there's a way Tennessee can improve at this point in the season and cutting, cutting down on that. If I were other teams, I'd run on Tennessee all day, to be completely frank with you. Tennessee's pitchers have to do a better job of that. Um, are you worried that Tennessee's peaking too early? Absolutely. I was actually talking to a uh, – and, and th- there's no reason I don't think Tennessee will win the World Series because, again, I still think Tennessee's by and large the best – baseball team in the country they got the best rotation they got the best bullpen they got the best lineup in my opinion there are very there are good teams out there there are teams comparable to Tennessee but I still think Tennessee's the best team in the country even after this ugly weekend in Kentucky um but I was talking to one of my coworkers today I mean how many times have you seen wire to wire domination you see it in college football sometimes sure but that's only a 13 game or 15 14 15 games when it's all said and done um I mean domination from wire to wire in Major League Baseball in the NFL. Hell, the Patriots couldn't do it back in 07, right? Um, it's just like the way the way things work, you kick butt all season long, and then when it comes down to win in the postseason, you get knocked out. Hopefully that's not the case. I'm not saying that'll be the case, but that's uh, that's certainly a worry. But, I mean, again, Tennessee's healthy right now for the most part. Tennessee's being smart with its pitchers, and I think that's the most important thing. So, um, peaking too early, sure, it's always a concern, but I think that has nothing to do with Tennessee and more so about how things work out in the, in the sports world more than anything, in my opinion. Uh, we'll move on to Alex. With Power 5 conferences doing more and more of their own in terms of rules and regulations, examples going to Congress for NIL, setting up specific conference COVID rules, it's looking more and more like the Power 5, or at the very least, the SEC will break away from the NCAA. If this happens, how will it... How will it uh, control out-of-conference scheduling. Uh, could SEC teams still schedule group of five schools, have a contract agreement with the NCAA? Oh, that is projecting a long time into the future, and quite frankly, I have no clue. I would assume that if Power 5 breaks away, Power 5 will play just Power 5. Um, if the SEC, you can still play in the SEC and still have quote-unquote non-conference games, but again, that's that is so far down the line. I, I don't even know how to answer that question. I don't know if that's even been thought of right now. My, my gut feeling would be if you break away from the NCAA, you're not playing in any any NCAA member institution. Um, but again, I, I don't know that for sure. That's just kind of my my thoughts and hypothesis on that. 
Um, because again, too, if you break away from the NCAA, you can treat it truly like an NFL schedule, especially when Texas and Oklahoma come to the SEC. What if you go to a pod system? What if two more added and you go to a pod system? You can truly treat it like an NFL schedule, play 15, 16 weeks. Of course, there's you know things in there. I probably can't do that because, again, these are still amateurs, but uh, you play division games, you play across division, then you have a playoff system, then you go. We'll have to see how that works out. We're not anywhere close to that right now, but I would assume you wouldn't play any in the in excuse me any NCAA member institution if you were to break away. But of course, there could be some cases right there that are extreme. And then finally, we'll go to Alex. Which story is bigger right now, Tennessee baseball or football recruiting? Heard you guys discuss it on TSL last week when you were out. One in your thoughts. Both are niche. Uh, niche things to follow. Tennessee baseball is growing because Tennessee baseball is good. Tennessee recruiting is certainly a niche thing. Um, it's a great conversation to have, but I will just put it this way. Um, ratings don't lie. Anytime I talk baseball on the radio and this podcast, anytime I leave with that, it's getting good support because again, this team deserves it. And this team, uh, people, people care about winners, right? But Tennessee football pays the bills. Even Tennessee recruiting, there is such a strong following for Tennessee recruiting. So if Tennessee were to sign a big-time recruit, say, on a Sunday, and Tennessee baseball were to have won a big series on a Sunday, the A and any any sports talk radio show, TV, radio, podcast would be that recruiting story, and then baseball, in my opinion, to answer your question. And that's no slap in the face to baseball because they've been fantastic so far this year. All that, we are done. What a show. Tuesday, we talked betonline.net, opening college football Power 5 uh, conference lines. We talked 24-7 sports post-spring top 25 poll, and we answered several of your Twitter Tuesday questions here on Locked on Vols. Thanks so much, guys. It was a blast. Anytime you want to chat with me, you have any more additional questions, you want to put one in the hopper for next Tuesday, at underscore Kaner and at Locked on Vols. Thank you so much for everything you guys do for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Check out Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy. Make that your second listen behind Locked On Balls, which is your first listen each and every day. Until tomorrow, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Mm-hmm.